0: dear friends, a warm welcome to this podcast series produced by Chartered Times. We are committed to simplify every single complexity of financial world. Finance is not a rocket science anymore. And even a non-finance person from IT or sales or even a medical background can understand basics of finance with the help of this initiative. My name is S.P. Singh and I am a Chartered Accountant. Upskilling corporate finance and non-finance employees is my passion and that's the only purpose of this wonderful initiative as well. I had been working with several multinational organizations and helping them to streamline their businesses since 2005. It's been over 15 years now. My recent ebook IFRS Mysteries was ranked number one. On Amazon, bestseller worldwide. This is a wonderful opportunity to connect with me live on social media. You can use any of the contact coordinates given on my website, www.chartertimes.com. You can WhatsApp me, you can connect on LinkedIn. Well, this is the very first podcast to simplify International Financial Reporting Standard 1, which explains nuances of first time adoption of the IFRS this is an important podcast for finance professionals and international accountants we are going to cover the purpose of this standard apart from that we'll see the implications uh, the applicability of the standards and all other standards which are guided through this particular IFRS 1 a major part of this IFRS includes The exceptions uh, where you have a choice to apply this IFRS or just have alternative given by the standard itself and the disclosure requirements so it it can be primarily divided in these four parts so the ultimate purpose of this IFRS 1 is to guide you through presenting your first IFRS financial statement using all effective IFRSs in a proper way on the reporting date, and the present the comparatives as well in a way that IFRS was always there in previous period as well. So it takes you to a roller coaster ride wherein you are replacing your existing gap, the old gap, whatever it was, US gap or any particular country's gap, and you are bringing in IFRS for the very first time. It tells you how to present your very first financial statement what should be included what should be excluded and it only talks about certain exceptions which are exclusively available for the first time or certain uh, flexibility it gives you in terms of difficulties when you have for certain measurements or certain particular provisions which are in normal course you have to apply but this standard saves saves you from the difficulty of applying many standards which are almost impractical and very expensive in the first year so so that's the ultimate purpose of this particular standards it's a helping hand for implementation you can say in a shortcut and apart from that it helps you to prepare your comparatives as well in a way that your comparatives as well assuming that ifrs was always there for you so don't get confused here. We'll look into it in details how to do this. The One of the very uh, interesting concepts, one of the driving concepts of this particular standard is the transition date. So usually when it, we talk about a transition date in a normal scenario, you find it out that okay, the date when you are moving from one thing to the other thing. But here it's a bit different. If you have to implement, if you are planning to implement IFRS in the year 2020 for your for a uh, easy example, if you take you are following a calendar year as financial year. So, for example, if you have to implement the 1st January 2020 is your date of implementation of IFRS, then you are going to prepare your first annual financials only on 31st December 2020. So the transition date in this case will not be the 1st April 2020. Oh, sorry, 1st January 2020. Rather, it will be first of January 2019 because you have to mean present minimum one year comparative for most of the financial statement components it, for one of the component you have to even present for two years comparatives, but minimum is one for uh, most of it so the, the transition date is always taken a year back when you are going to implement it so uh, then uh, another twist to the story here is, uh, when you are preparing a fi- opening financial statement, you are preparing the opening statement of financial position you know, for the company in very first place on the transition date, you have to use the same IFRSs which are applicable not on that date, rather on the date of your first reporting. So in the given example if the first reporting date is 31st of december 2020 the applicability of standards will be identified on that particular date of 31st december 2020 and those standards will be used for preparing the opening statement of financial position on 1st of january 2019 so you have to get into a time machine 2 years later, find out what is in there at that point of time, get back to 1st January 2019 and then prepare your financial statement. This particular step, preparing the opening financial statement needs a lot of recognition, measurement and reclassification of assets as well as liabilities due to transition from the previous gap to IFRS there could be many assets which were recognized in in your previous gap, which doesn't need to be there anymore in IFRS there could be many assets which were not recognized but now you need to recognize them in your books as per IFRS similarly there would be lot of changes from the measurement principle there could be many assets on the cost measurement basis which you have to make it on fair value or vice versa there could be many assets which could be classified from one category to the other category as a transition provision requirement so just to reconcile all these differences just to make it more useful for the users of the financial statement you also need to prepare a mandatory reconciliation between the previous gap and IFRS which has to be attached with your first financial statement so we'll look into it. Uh, the disclosure requirement a bit later. First of all, we have to see the applicability. So IFRS 1 is generally applies applied only once. There are certain hypothetical examples, we'll not get into it. But it's only applicable for the first year when you are going to implement IFRS for your entity. It doesn't mandate any preparation of interim financial statement but in case you are preparing an interim financial statement then it asks you to follow the same rules which you follow for preparing the annual financial statement so there is no exceptions in the name of only interim financial statement if you just want to get some exceptions there now uh, the one of the best principle you have to always remember is whatever reclassifications or measurement or Uh, any other changes are arising from the gap changes from the transition so any kind of transition differences arising from the asset or from the liability they will all be recorded in retained earnings so the opening balance adjustment when you are making the when you're preparing the opening statement of financial positions all the differences out there from the transition effect will get into retained earnings or other equity components so for example other equity uh, you should not get confused so most of the time it's retained earning but for example if there is a revaluation surplus account for the PPE for property plant and equipment as per IAS 16 you can take the differences you can take the transition difference to the revaluation surplus account instead of taking it to the retained earning account there are lot of exceptions in this particular standard and it, it's only there to help you out with the transition. So you have to know what are your what are your benefits, what are what what are the flexibilities a standard is giving to you. If you miss out any of these uh, exceptions probably you will be losing a lot of time and money on if you don't know what are your rights. So there are a couple of mandatory exceptions which everyone has to follow irrespective there is no choice there. So they're pretty simple. So if there is any derecognition of financial instrument, it's covered in mandatory exceptions, hedge accounting, estimate changes are not required to be done for transition difference unless there is an evidence, objective evidence for an error. Consolidation and non-controlling interest are part of mandatory exceptions. Government loans at subsidized rate of interest usually you know to consider it as a grant or financial asset these are also part of uh, the mandatory exceptions which are uh, always useful if it's uh, applicable for your entity there are a lot of optional exemptions wherein standard ask you to follow an alternate method so you have one method specified by other IFRS's guided by other IFRS's which are applicable to you but you have an alternate way given by IFRS 1 which will help you to save a lot of cost and efforts at the time of transition. One of the first one if I talk about the, if there is a business combination, if, if there is a business combination which acquired particularly before the transition date you have certain exemptions which are very useful in terms of accounting that business combination in IFRS. If there is a deemed cost so, deemed cost, if I just try to explain it, there are certain ways to calculate your cost in different standards for different kind of assets and liabilities. For example, IS-16 deals with the property plant of equipment and it asks you to value your asset in a certain way. Similarly, there is a standard for investment property, there is investment for, uh, there is a standard, separate standard for intangible assets, there are rate regulated entities, all these particular standards get An exemption here so you get an alternate way so you don't uh, need to follow you know uh, certainly the way standard is telling you but you have certain other ways also given by this particular standard only for the first year these benefits will not be carried forward after the transition period after the IFRS is implemented so it's only available for the year one Similarly, in terms of employee benefits, you have a couple of exemptions available specifically for actuarial gains or loss under corridor method. Although this method is discontinued now, it's not relevant anymore, but there could be entities which have actuarial gain or losses carried forward from a corridor method followed in the past. For that particular amount, you get an exemption here. If there is a translation difference uh, by converting your currency from one to another for different kind of reportings, that gets certain uh, very useful exemptions, and it's applicable for most of the entities, specifically who are uh, preparing their books in different currencies. Then a compound financial instrument is one of the m- most technical provisions under uh, under IFRSs, which are dealt in a specific way so wherein you have to separate your equity and debt portion from a compound financial instrument for example if if there is a convertible debenture compulsorily convertible debentures it might have it will have equity component as well which has to be separated from the debt so this separation exercise gets an exemption you know and it gets an alternate specifically if that debt amount is already paid off if that debt is not payable as on date of transition so there are certain uh, exemptions but there is always attached uh, condition and alternate suggested way so you cannot just find it uh, exempted and you can do it on in your own way but what you find here is you get options to choose which is more convenient for you if you are qualifying for the conditions the next one and the best one you can talk about is goodwill in in terms of uh, specifically if uh, intangible assets are there and there are transition effect you know which which is created by recognition and derecognition recognition of uh, any self-generated assets or you know any kind of intangible assets uh, it, it gets a liberty here to get adjusted with the goodwill instead of transferring it to the retained earnings Uh, in in terms of uh, asset and liabilities of subsidiaries jv's associates you know it it allows the difference in transition date so if if your subsidiary or if your joint venture or associate has a different reporting date or they are already on ifrs or you are already on ifrs and they are now getting transitioned there could be multiple scenarios they are all given certain uh, exemptions here in this particular standard depending on case to case. So it is specifically dealing with the dates, it gets some exemption which is very important. You don't need to restate everything without looking into these exemptions and options available for you. <clears throat> Next one, if I talk about share based payment, th- there are uh, exemptions available for share based payments specifically for the equity options. If the you know conditions are if the option is already wasted you know the conditions is attached to it or in cash settlement also uh you know if there is a cash uh, option which is settled already before the transition date it gets certain exemptions in from the shared based payment standards ifrs2 In insurance contracts, similarly, it gets a lot of disclosure related exemptions. For leases, it gets exemption from the lease standard requirements, specifically for measurement and accounting, the fair valuation of financial instrument, specifically initial recognition gets exemption here, the service concession arrangement. just I'll tell you what is service concession arrangement before we, I get into the exception so to help you to understand if you find it next time in your books so a service concession arrangement is something where in a private company participate in a public sector service uh, you know for a contract for through an arrangement those kind of contracts get uh, certain exemptions the borrowing cost uh, specifically which were before the transition date the investments uh, specifically measured at uh, cost or IS 39, uh, as per the standard. But IFRS one allows you to take the deemed cost if there is any impracticability or difficulty, or uh, benefits are you know uh, far lesser than the cost for doing the valuation. So if you are qualifying all these conditions it gives you a third way of measuring your investment which is deemed cost again which we have seen earlier so similarly the joint arrangements uh, for impairment testing there are separate provisions given in this particular standard so even if you don't have indicators on a certain date you can still go for impairment testing for customer asset transfer so, so in this case also uh, for a customer asset transfer you have to account it on a cost or a fair value but but here it gives you additional provision additional way out site restoration cost which is to be considered uh, as part of property plant and equipment if you go by I-16 but this particular standard allows you because earlier this provision was not there it, it allows you to it on historical cost if you are able to meet the conditions given in the standard so there there are too many exemptions listed and explained elaborated very well in this particular standard which are the backbone of this particular standard you need to understand each of them you have to identify which are applicable for your particular entity and you must avail the benefits available under this before you just go with blind application of all applicable ifrs's for your entity how to make uh, these changes, how to implement IFRS in first go The easiest and uh, the most common approach, even a standard suggest is you have to make changes in the accounting policies itself of the company to make it compliant with IFRS provisions So you have to uh, change your accounting policies which were earlier designed keeping your existing gap in uh, mind You have to refer the differences with IFRS And make necessary changes in the policies and if required you might need to bring in couple of new policies or you have to trash couple of uh, existing policies as well the last part and very important part of this particular uh, standard is the presentation so the minimum documents which are specified by the standards uh, I'm going to tell you quickly so you have to present you have to prepare the statement of financial position for three periods so one for the current one and two comparatives for specifically for the financial position, which is balance sheet. For rest of the set, rest uh, of the documents, rest of the documents which you prepare as part of financial statement, like your comprehensive income statement, your cash flow statement, your equity statement, you can prepare two sets: one for the current and one for comparative. So you don't necessarily need to prepare two comparatives for other statements you have to prepare all the notes for all the financial position statement which you are preparing and all other statements you are preparing including the cash flow equity statement and everything for to explain all the details of these statements for the current period as well as the comparatives then you have to prepare a statement containing effect of transition from previous gap to ifrs specifically the effect on the financial statement so that is a separate statement which is prepared only for the first time adoption as per ifr's one requirement and you have to mandatorily prepare this as part of your financial statement checklist only then you have to prepare a reconciliation of equity between previous gap and ifrs that reconciliation has to be prepared on on the transition date as well as the reporting date of latest financials prepared under previous gap not on the reporting date of IFRS rather the last reporting date under uh, the previous gap then you have to prepare a reconciliation of total comprehensive income between previous gap and IFRS as uh, i said in beginning itself for the same period now uh, reconciliation of total comprehensive income is prepared for the comparative period, as you know, in uh, in, in given example, if you take. So, you have to prepare the statement of the example which we discussed initially when you are implementing the IFRS for 1st of January and your first reporting date is falling on 31st of December 2020. In that case, the statement of financial positions will be prepared for 2020, 2019 and 2018. Statement of comprehensive income will be prepared for 2020 and 2019 but for 2019 you have to prepare the statement of comprehensive income as per the IFRS as well as the existing gap the old gap and you have to compare these two and prepare a reconciliation which we are talking about then you have to prepare a transition impact on cash flow which shall be presented However, IFRS 1 doesn't specify a reconciliation period or any other details for this particular statement but you have to prepare this. Impairment changes have to be presented separately, it's a mandatory requirement. So any recognition or uh, reversal of impairment has to be disclosed specifically. Any errors of the previous gap if you found out during the transition period, it has to be disclosed separately and it has not to be merged with any policy changes or estimate changes. So the user of the financial statement under IFRS needs to understand the impact of the errors identified in the previous gap as well. Then you have to disclose the exemptions which you are going to avail. Uh, The list of exemptions we have already gone through. So whichever exemptions are applicable for you, which you are going to use for your entity, it has to be disclosed in the nostro account very precisely. And if there is an interim financial statement also, which you are preparing, then as I said, all the disclosures and all other requirements will remain same, similar to the annual financial statements. These are the mandatory disclosure requirement. So if, if you are able to understand what we talked about, I assume you know almost everything about IFRS 1, specifically uh, when you don't have to manage an implementation, but when you are actually getting into a live implementation phase for an entity, you have to get into details of each and every exception, specifically that is the first exercise you have to do to identify what is the options available for your particular entity before you get on the floor. So that's all about IFRS 1. Very soon I'll be coming with uh, other IFRSs as well. Thank you so much for your time. Subscribe to our channel. Take care. Bye-bye.